the scripture readings. So with that, let us pray. Prepare our hearts, O God, to accept our word, your word. Silence in us any voice but your own, that hearing we may also obey your will. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Let's see here. There it is. Our scripture readings this morning come from Exodus and the Gospel according to Matthew. Exodus 12, verses 1-14. through 14. In Exodus we find God fulfilling His promise to Abraham by both multiplying His descendants and leading them home again. These verses tell us how God wants the Israelites to remember the freedom He had given them. Exodus 12, verses 1-14. through 14. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall be for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell all the congregation of Israel that on the tenth day of this month every man shall take a lamb according to their father's house, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his nearest neighbor shall take according to the number of persons. According to what each can eat, you shall make your count for you shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male, a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the fourteenth day of this month, when the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight. Then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the house in which they eat it. They shall eat the flesh that night, roasted on the fire. With unleavened bread and bitter herbs they shall eat it. These are images of the Passover meal. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roasted, its head with its legs and its inner parts. And you shall let none of it remain until the morning. Anything that remains until the morning you shall burn. In this manner you shall eat it, with your belt fastened, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. In other words, be ready to go. And you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt, that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land, both man and beast, and all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. This day shall be for you a memorial day, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations, as a statute forever. You shall keep it as a feast. Our next reading comes from the Gospel according to Matthew. Matthew 18, verses 15 through 20. And this is the passage that I'll work with this morning. Clearly understanding human nature, Jesus teaches how disagreeing believers should resolve their differences. And he promises his presence in the midst of even the smallest gathering number. Matthew 18, verse 15. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you, that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. 
For where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I don't know how well you can hear me from here, but I said, I've got to use um, an image. And so I said, well, how to express that image, how to to have a little fun, because it is Picnic Sunday, but how to have a little fun, but also give you an image so you can like think about it because I'm going to have a question about it. So Cindy saw me out here fooling with us. She said, I can't blow bubbles. You spoil the fun. (laughs) And then I said, I don't have to. If the wind will cooperate. Almost. Might be able to do it one more time. Come on. There we go. You get the idea of what a bubble looks like. But it's funny how... Whoa! I know. It's part of the show. We'll try one more time. Nope. Just not going to hold. I'll try. I'm hard-headed. It is. Yeah. Stephen sold it to me for way too much. Yeah, I know. You know what? You have a good idea. You know what? I know somebody sitting behind me. Josie, come and help me. Thank you. It needs a gentle touch. See if you can. (laughs) There you go. You got one on the grass. One more try. There you go. Ah, uh, and you got there's one on the grass. There's one right here. It's everywhere but where we want it to be, Josie. Josie, thanks for volunteering. So, back to the microphone. So, bubbles, 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 bubbles. So, I was telling a friend what my illustration was going to be today, and she said, "I have no idea how you're going to connect it to, because you, the question of the day is." Is Jesus with you? But you have a bubble for an illustration. And I said, yeah, yeah, just, just, just listen when it gets there. When I post it later today, so just listen to it. I'll get there. So these days we're encouraged to gather, okay? But there's a limitation to that gathering. And MIT Medical on their website has this great explanation of something that we're starting to hear: social bubbles, okay? Social bubbles or or quarantine quarantine pods. And, there, and this, this starts out of our understanding of the youngest members of the family, the youngest members of the community that we realize are struggling especially hard these days because they, much more so than we, desperately need their peers. 
and desperately need that social interaction. We've had plenty. By my age, I've had plenty of social interaction. In fact, I, I sometimes try to have less social interaction. But children, because of the development of their minds and development of their, of their um, uh, social skills, they need it. And so MIT Medical and some child psychologists you know, have started promoting this social bubbles and quarantine pods. And a bubble or a pod is defined as a small social network generally 10 individuals or fewer, who have agreed to limit their in-person social activities only to each other, usually without taking any special precautions. So in that bubble, in that pod, there's no mask. You're not maintaining social distance. And what it does is it begins to, to help those young people to, to have that, that, that social component of their lives. And so the hope is that the pods can provide kids with the companionship of peers, and this is what they wrote at MIT, and much-needed opportunities for play and socialization. And then parents, guess what? In those bubbles, you get the chance to let somebody else watch your kids for a little while, and vice versa. And, so, um, and then also parents get to uh, um, socialize with other parents. So. But today, we're offering kind of a pseudo-pod event. Because everybody that I see here, I've seen before, and you've come here, and we, yeah, we can't, we can't go all the way of throwing the mask away and you know, and breaking social distance. But it's still this church, very much so, is a bubble, very much so, is a pod, a quarantine pod. We see each other every Sunday, we see each other, and if we were able to only see each other, we would really meet the needs of this, as MIT explained it, this social bubble. But no, we go out and we hit other bubbles and then we become, our bubble becomes even larger. But the point is, is that pic this picnic comes as close as we're going to feel to a social bubble. So, but there's something missing in a bubble, something missing in the pod concept. So you saw Josie and I try to make bubbles and the bubbles sometimes pop and the bubbles if they do float out, they just kind of go anywhere, any old place. And the one thing I want you to notice is that bubbles don't have any center. They don't have any central spot inside of them. You notice how when she was, she, Josie waved the wand, it kind of like, just kind of like wallows there in the air. And so, and that's because there's nothing in the center keeping it under control. Nothing in the center that's giving it any kind of order any kind of discipline, any kind of control. So let's go back to the, to the scripture today. There was an old, old, there was a 19th century German theologian that said, and he, did, he said it in German, but I'm going to read it in English. So, but the church of Christ on earth consists of a number of circles drawn around the same center. So I could say, the church of Christ on earth consists of a number of bubbles drawn around the same center. And then he added, always widening. Another term to describe this is Christocentric. It's a fancy theological term. Christocentric. Christ center. And this is an ancient concept that was that the Jews understood. So you remember uh, probably in Sunday school, maybe maybe in a sermon or something, you remember that the Jews have the Torah. Okay? And that is their scripture. And essentially it's the first five books of the Bible along with some other Old Testament books, but it's the Torah, okay? So, the Jews, long before Jesus, 
believed that wherever two or more Jews were gathered and the Torah was read, the divine presence was there. So Jesus is not speaking of something foreign. Jesus was a brilliant teacher. He taught them with the, with the understandings they already knew. So, he, so, so remember, so the Jews, uh, contemporary to Jesus, believed that wherever two or more Jews were gathered and the Torah was read, the divine presence, remember they don't use that G word, the divine presence was there. The, and the Shekinah, which is a Hebrew word, Shekinah, it's fun to say, Shekinah. The, it's, Shekinah is the word for the glory of the Lord or the light of the Lord. So the Shekinah would be there. Read the Torah with two or three gathered and the Shekinah would be there. Jesus taught his followers that wherever, as I repeated earlier, two or more of them are gathered in his name, his divine presence will be among them. So they were like going, oh wow. So it's intimate. It's personal. We don't have to read scripture. We simply can gather in his name. And the presence of him, the, the risen Christ, perhaps the Holy Spirit, gathered, gathered in Christ's name, thrust Christ into the center. So it becomes, when you gather on, in the name of Christ, Christ becomes the center of the gathering. Now, from our earlier point, I return to the bubbles and the pods, and like I said, they have no center. A social bubble and a quarantine pod are not centered around anything. They're just gatherings of people with each other. And it may be a lot like a social amoeba being shaped by the environment. I equate it more like a social club or a members-only club where membership has its privileges. Remember our American Express used to say that? Membership has its privileges. That could be an improvement over the, the amoebic style. But since a bubble has no center, there is nothing, no authority, nothing defining its behavior. And this is where the Judeo-Christian understanding of deliberately forcing a center is so important, either Torah-centric for Jews or Christocentric for Christians. We take care to have a center. We take care to, be, to gather around. So, as Jesus said, for where two or more are gathered in my name, there I am I among them. The conditional aspect of this promise is to be gathered in Christ's name like we are right here. In a sense, it's like tailgating with Christ. Yeah. Tailgating with Christ. Hanging out with Christ. Picnicking with Christ. When we gather in Christ's name, we are putting Christ in the center. We're not a bubble. We're really not a pod. We're gathering Christians centered on Christ. Our, our authority, Christ is our authority, defining our behavior. Now, Knowing the importance of being Christocentric begs the question, is Jesus with you? Are you hanging out with Jesus? You can be. Simply make Christ the reason. Put Christ at the center. And then Christ is with you. At the beginning of each worship service, what do we do? We have a call to worship. And people, lay people think, I'm calling you to worship. No. I'm calling out to God and acknowledging God's presence with us. I'm acknowledging Christ's presence with us. And that's why we begin with that. I'm not calling. You're already here. I'm not calling you to worship. I'm calling the presence of God into worship. 
Worship begins with God as it was written long ago by a professor of mine. And the people assemble in the name of the Lord. The people acknowledge before God their sinfulness. Remember, we did that earlier with the prayer of confession and the brokenness of the world and the church in our prayer of confession and receive the declaration of God's forgiveness. See how it thrusts Christ into the center. Is Jesus with you? Christ can be. When we make Christ the reason we gather. When we make Christ the reason we gather. It's fine if you came here just to be with fellowship. It's fine if you came here just to, just to be in the space. But Jesus is with you when you make Jesus the reason you gather. All of us have that privilege. We don't have to go to, go to the cardinal. We don't have to go to the priest. We don't have to go to the temple, to the scribes. We simply gather in Christ's name. And Christ is thrust into the midst of us. Let us pray. Dear Lord, on this day, as we gather in fellowship as, as Christians, as we gather as a church, we also gather in Your name. Mount Pleasant Presbyterian Church, a Christian church, we gather around You. We hope that You are centric to this gathering this day. And indeed, if You are, then it's assured to be holy. It's assured to be fulfilling. It's assured to be all that we need at this moment. Lord, we've been cooped up in our houses for five months. Lord, it's time to sit in the sun. Sit in Your light and gather in Your presence and receive that peace that only You can provide. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.